1: Deuteronomy 32 The Lord will judge his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees their strength is gone and no one is left, slave or free. He will say, Now where are their gods, the rock they took refuge in, the gods who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings? Let them rise up to help you, let them give you shelter. See now that I myself am he. There is no God beside me. I put to death and I bring to life. I have wounded and I will heal. And no one can deliver me out, deliver out of my hand. The epistle reading is from Philippians chapter 2. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Here ends the epistle. Please stand for the gospel.
2: Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th Chapter. As Jesus approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell them, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near to the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the gospel of the Lord. to you, God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning comes from our epistle, from Philippians chapter 2. Have this mind above yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. The form of a slave, being born in the wonders of the Could you imagine being there at the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the palm branches waving, the cheering and the shouts of Hosanna to see Jesus riding on that donkey. Fulfilling Zechariah's prophecy. Jesus comes in full regalia as the king of his people. But he does not come for that glory or for the sake of that glory. But he is on a mission. A mission that will take him from the heights of his popularity here on Palm Sunday. By the end of the week, he is abandoned alone, beaten, scourged, killed at the hands of sinners. Throughout the scriptures, the story of humanity has been one of constant and continual rejection of God and his kingship. This is the major theme of the prophet Hosea's ministry, where he actually lives out in his own life that constant rejection. Hosea, the faithful husband to an unfaithful wife. Yahweh, the faithful God to a faithless people, Israel. The story of God and humanity is a tragic love story, the greatest tragic love story that is ever told. Now, a typical tragic love story involves things like rejection and betrayal. Those things would lead to war, calamity, revenge, the the need to get even. The one who is betrayed seeking vindication. This was the theme of the tragic Greek play uh, called Medea, written by Euripides. The play Medea involves Jason, the the Jason of the Argonauts and Golden Fleece fame. He had promised to marry Medea in his travels in obtaining the Golden Fleece. And throughout their adventures, Medea helped Jason using her magical abilities to save his life. And she she did all of this, She, she did all of this magical work because she loved him. And Jason, well, he just kept her along in his adventures because she was useful to him and saw her as being useful to him in the long run. He didn't have any love for her. He was just using her. So eventually they settle down in the city of Corinth and they have a family together. And they remain married for 10 years until Jason cheats on Medea with the daughter of the king of Corinth, Crucia, the younger, richer, Model. Well, things never change, do they? Medea is enraged by this betrayal and uses her magical powers to seek revenge on Jason. She ends up burning Crucia, the woman, burning her alive, uh, the woman that Jason cheated on her with. And she killed all of her sons that she had had with Jason. And she even, she even. Holds those dead sons on a chariot that is given to her by her divine grandfather, Helios. And he w- she wouldn't even let him touch them or hold them. The utter and complete thoroughness of Medea's revenge still resonates with audiences today, with the powerful desire to get even when we are betrayed. While Jason decries that the gods are not on Medea's side, clearly in the story they are, because they supplied her with a flaming chariot. And the reason why this resonates is because we want to be like Medea. We want to take justice into our own hands, and we want to get even with those who wrong us. We want to feel pain when people, we want people to feel our pain when they hurt us. And when we feel rejected and betrayed, we want to get even. And not only that, we want God on our side. We want God on our side when we seek revenge against those who hurt us. But contrast the story of Adia with that of Hosea. This is not how Hosea handles the betrayal of his wife. Instead of getting revenge, the Lord commands Hosea to buy his wife out of prostitution to redeem her Hosea writes and the Lord said to me go again love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress even as the Lord loves the children of Israel though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins so they so I bought her for fifty shekels of silver and a homer and a lathish of uh, bailey and I said to her you must dwell As mine for many days, you shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be with you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without Ephrod or household gods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in later days. Hosea does not handle his wife according to her sins. God does not handle us according to our sins. God's tragic love story is different from any other love story. For it is God who is the one who is betrayed by his bride. But instead of getting even, he instead gives it his all for her. For the father sent his son into the world to save his bride for the power of sin, death, and the devil. Instead of getting revenge, the king of the universe, the king of the universe would take the form of a slave to empty himself of all his power, might, honor, and glory, so that he would redeem his bride to buy her back from the kingdom of darkness that God would take the injustices of this world into himself so that his bride would be righteous. And that is why I love here in our bulletins, on the back of our bulletins, there's a painting here I want us to draw our attention to here on the back of our bulletins. And this painting is called The Two Crowns. It's painted in 1900. And the, the painting is set in a medieval city with a a king that is coming back from some triumphant victory, defending his kingdom with all regalia and honors. Maidens are tossing flower petals above and below him. All eyes, if you notice in the painting, all eyes are looking to him. And his golden armor shimmers in the bright sunshine. He is quite handsome too. And to everyone there who is looking to him, he is the avenger of wrongs. He is the defender of a land against a foreign invasion. And yet, look to where the king is looking. It isn't to the crowds to build his own ego. It isn't ahead. He's not looking ahead to his own glory and power and might toward his castle and toward his domain. In this moment, in this brief Capture this brief glimpse. The eyes of the king are captured by a dark figure. A figure of ugliness. A figure that that you wouldn't be faulted for missing when you first look at this painting. Because I didn't see it when I first looked at this painting as well. In this dark space right here on the left hand corner here or the upper right hand on the upper right-hand corner here, in that dark space, is Jesus on the cross, the true king, the banner behind him there, giving this blackened figure a golden halo. If this king, this king here, as he's riding on his horse, he doesn't look to himself for justice. He doesn't look to himself for his own righteousness. He doesn't seek to avenge himself or to make things right for his people. But he looks to the cross, where God's perfect justice is shown as Jesus dies on the cross for the sins of the world. And it is on the cross where God's justice and mercy meet. The triumphal entry, the crowd sees Jesus as the son of David, the heir of the Davidic throne. Do they see what it what it takes to be this king? His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that the, that these things had been written about him and had to be, had had been done to him. The disciples didn't understand what was happening here in the triumphal entry. They didn't understand what it meant to be the king of the universe to be the hero that saves his bride, Jerusalem, from her own rebelliousness and from her own destruction. That he takes that rebelliousness and destruction in onto himself. He calls us to look to him and not to ourselves for righteousness. Jesus did not come to avenge himself and the wrongs committed against him. He will endure many injustices leading up to the cross. He'll be arrested. He'll, the, a show trial will be put on. Mocked, beaten, whipped, crucified. And he suffers all of these injustices because of his love. Because God is love. And this radical love God brings to you today. He took the form of a slave for you. He gave it his all that we may have his righteousness. His love covers all of your sins. He died for your sins. They are yours no longer, brothers and sisters. He now owns them. And through his death, he destroyed your death. He destroyed your sins. But did this Jesus stay dead? No, he did not. He now lives triumphant over death. He reigns over the whole world in kingly might and glory. And we get a, we get a brief glimpse today on Palm Sunday of what this reign looks like, of what St. Paul writes here in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and has bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a wonderful love story our Lord has given to us, that he came to rescue his bride, you and me. And so we can exclaim here too, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Hosanna in the highest. The King is coming in majesty and in glory the king comes to save his bride he comes to take away your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world amen now may the peace of god which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds the one true faith until life everlasting amen
3: Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made,